0: Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Aloha. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing amazing. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where we talk about life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about, quote, preference, unquote, and how really preference is just prejudice, racism, and bias that has been normalized, specifically against black women, Yes, we are unloading the clip today. Grab your water and sip slow because we're going to have a serious conversation about this. Okay. Okay. So I don't even know where to begin, but I guess we can just take it back to the creation of this country or we'll just take it back to 1619 since the first black person was brought into this country and was enslaved or I guess we'll have to take it to when the first black woman was brought to this country because misogynoir is part of the daily fabric of our lives and is as American, as uh, as American pie, and goes way, 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 all the way back, all right? So because language matters, let's all start off on the same page. I just said a word. You may have never heard of it before. You may be fuzzy about what it means. Let's talk about it. Or you may have thought that I pronounced misogyny incorrectly. No, misogynoir. It is defined as dislike of, contempt for, or ingrained prejudice against black women. Ah, misogynoir. A marriage of good old sexism and racism. (laughs) So, goodness, where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? Black women are this, we're that, we're the third, we're loud, we're ghetto, we're Laquishas, we're bonquishas, we're shenanigans, we're angry, we're all of this, that, and the third, right? If black women are so freaking repugnant and it's so undesirable and so uncomfortable to be around for some people, why continue to talk about us? You know, I don't spend a lot of time talking about things and people I don't like or I don't care for. (laughs) Maybe I was just raised different, or maybe I seek to spend my time different, or maybe I'm just not a hate filled person. I think it's probably all of that combination of the three, right? That makes it so that I do not find myself talking about things that I don't like and people I don't like. So if you find yourself as one of these people, and a, a lot of fucking people find themselves as people, ooh, language. We might have some language in this podcast. Just, just a heads up, just a heads up. Hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> I wonder where Anton Dodson is now. Anyways, um, yeah, if we are so all of these things, I don't understand, or, or even... If we are not all of these, thi- if we're all of these things to you and or you like something else, why not just talk about that, right? Why not talk about who and what you like? Because this is another thing that's on the flip side. Why can't people or people just seem incapa- incapable of talking about what and who they like without talking down about who and what they don't like? I like water. I don't need to talk about any other substance. I like to stay hydrated and mind my business, right? I don't drink coffee. I like tea. I'm a tea girl. (laughs) I like tea. So you know what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about tea. I'm not going to talk about coffee. I don't know nothing about coffee. I don't need to spend my time talking about how much I dislike coffee when tea is right in my face and I love tea. You get it? You get it just a just a, le- just a level of conversation and trying to make it digestible to people because people like to act stuck on stupid and not address the root of what their thoughts, mindset, and language are showing, right? People like to, and this is how they do it, by calling it a preference. And that's just what the episode is about today. Thoughts on preference, bias, prejudice, and racism that is normalized under the guise of preference because people like to talk about it and call it a preference. No, 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 okay? Me liking ta- me preferring and liking tea over coffee is a preference. You disliking and hating and putting down black women and uplifting every other racial, ethnic and cultural group of women is not a preference, okay? That is misogynoir. And there are a lot of people, not only there are a lot of people who use this word preference to hide behind and mask their prejudice, racism, and bias because they think that they can get away with it. And and you know what, they honestly can because There are a lot of people, and I talked about this in the self-awareness episode that I did last year. There are a lot of people who walk through this world lacking self-awareness and basic intelligence. So because there are so many people who walk through this world lacking basic intelligence and self-awareness, they are not the type of people who are going to interrogate their thoughts and the roots behind what they think, how they feel, and what they believe. So they can hide behind it as preference and many people will accept it because there is a large swath of this population that lacks intelligence and self-awareness. And not only do they get away with it because they lack intelligence and they lack self-awareness, They're able to also hide behind this because it completely ignores the impact of social conditioning, programming, and beauty standards, specifically westernized beauty standards that are placing that have since the beginning of what we know as a country that have placed whiteness on a pedestal, specifically white women on a pedestal when it comes to beauty standards and what is considered beautiful. See, people are not aware. I don't think a lot of people, because like I said, a lot of people don't have the intelligence necessary to interrogate their thoughts and think, get to the root of why they think what they think and what they believe what they believe. And so if you have existed your entire life in this country, in this westernized society, you have been programmed and conditioned from the minute you took in media to put whiteness on a pedestal. In a white supremacist society, you have been conditioned from the minute you took in media to put whiteness on a pedestal. And when you put whiteness on a pedestal, when you put European beauty standards on a pedestal or European features on a pedestal as the most desirable, as the most beautiful, and you send out this programming in your media, who ends up being on the bottom? Because for someone to be regarded as the most beautiful Someone has to be regarded as the least beautiful. For someone to be regarded and put on a pedestal as the most desirable, someone has to be debased, disrespected, and put on in last place as the least desirable. And who ends up being in those places? Who ends up being at the bottom of this so-called beauty standard? If you said black women, ding, 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 ding. Give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a pat on the back. You smart, you loyal, okay? Give yourself a pat on the back. And not just black women, specifically dark-skinned black women who do not have European features. Think about this for a second, right? All of these people are running around saying, this is my preference, this, this is my preference, that if all your preferences look the exact Same is it a preference or is it internalized bias? Is it internalized and normalized prejudice and racism? And see. When my dad always said this growing up, and this is just a common phrase everywhere. So I'm not attributing this to my dad, although he says a lot of things that I could attribute to him. And one day I like really want to sit down with him and get just a list of all of his isms and his sayings, because I think that he could make a lot of money off of this. (laughs) My dad is great. Um. But a great book that touches on this, because y'all know your girl be reading. I like to read. And in these podcasts, I like to give you something. So when you walk away from these 15, 20, 30-minute podcasts, and if you want to expand your mind or if you want to read more or learn more, I want to give you something to walk away from. So a great book that touches on this, The History of Beauty Standards, is called Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings. It is a great book. I'm mostly halfway through it and I myself am learning new things. And these are things that I always knew, but, or knew for myself, but someone, reading someone do the history from as far back as the 1500s Seeing how we are still being programmed over 500 years later and people really, it's so funny to me how if you don't know your, I don't don't even think I said the phrase that my dad always says. (laughs) I was so caught up. I was so caught up. If you don't know your history, you are doomed to repeat it. Okay, So a lot of people, we don't know our history. We don't know our history in this country, and we don't know why, what we think the way we do. We have just been socialized to think this way. It has been normalized, but we don't interrogate our thoughts, and we don't interrogate the reasons behind what we think. So over 500 years later, because white supremacy still reigns supreme, we are still dealing with the repercussions and the fallout of a very purposeful, intentional system to feature white women and whiteness as the beauty of, stand, as the standard of beauty, okay? So read this book if you wanna know all about it. It's a great book. But in the book, they talk about beauty standards and how they formed from the Venus de, I think I want to say Venus de Medici, I could be saying that wrong, so my bad if I'm saying it wrong, but they talk, they take it from all the way back to Sargeet Bartman, I think that was in the 1800s. So you get a lot of history and all of these history, you were dropping breadcrumbs or dropping breadcrumbs, and then you don't realize it until we get to today, how all of those things have been building up for hundreds of years and have formed the basis of our beauty standards in this country. And the book doesn't only talk about beauty standards that are because it's like fearing the black body, right? So they talk mostly about body aesthetics and body standards and fat phobia, but it also touches on beauty standards and how these were formed and how these are built. So when you think about beauty, there is a very narrow standard that was pushed and continues to be pushed. And while that's slowly changing over time, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So take uh, beauty pageants, for example. The 1940s was the first time Black women were allowed to participate in the Miss America pageant. But it wasn't until 2018 that we had Miss America Miss Teen USA and Miss USA were all women that identified as Black. That was four years ago. To put that in perspective, these pageants started over 100 years ago. And at the start, Black women and women of color, but specifically Black women were barred from entering these pageants. Think about this for a second. If you don't think that Blackness is or misogynoir is something that still impacts us. Black women were barred from entering beauty pageants. Programming. Programming. When you have a beauty pageant and you bar a group of women from entering it, that is pushing a very narrow beauty standard. And while that's changing... While we have more representation of Black women in the media, it is still a very narrow perspective of what is seen as beautiful and desirable. And the media has a huge, a huge impact on this. And it's not in spoken word. It is a lot in image, representation, and portrayal. And until we're ready to have a serious conversation about racism and sexism in this country, the media, and not just, not just the media, but specifically how black women are purposefully and continually portrayed in oftentimes, in more often than not degrading ways in all forms of media, television, movies, Music videos, <laughs> a podcast, even. Because what started this was what got my brain thinking about this was a podcast from earlier this week. And I'm not going to name the podcast because I'm not going to have you leave here and then go over to their podcast and give them more listen and more views. I'm not going to do that. But it was a podcast featuring a black man and a man of color, a non-white man, a man of color, continually... Talk well, this specific episode they were degrading a black woman, and then you know how the internet works the internet is quick, baby. So the internet comes and they pull up all of these mess, all of these episodes where these men of these two men on this podcast are degrading black women for no reason and uplifting white women and uplifting non black women of color. And it's like, if you find black women so disgusting, that's your one for the black guy, that's the self hate issues that he has. And by the way, non black women of color what my my white sisters bringing in if a man is trying to compliment you and get at you. And the only way he can put you on this pedestal and talk you up is to tear down Black women or even women from his own racial, cultural, and ethnic group. You should probably run from that person because it's a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before their issues become your issues because you're dealing with someone who has an internalized level of self-hate that is going to manifest itself from other in other ways but that's my little tea for you take it if you want take it if you don't want But until we are really ready as a society to confront racism, and it doesn't seem like we're not ready to do that. We're not ready to do that. We can't even have conversations about racism in schools without parents losing their freaking minds. We can't even, it's not even racism in schools. It's the history of this country. We can't even talk about the history of this country without parents losing their mind and thinking their children are being programmed. That's the funny part. Because the minute your child turns on a TV, the moment your child enters a school, they're already being programmed. But (laughs) let me sip my water real quick. Let me sip. (laughs) But yes, until we are ready to have a serious conversation about racism in this country, sexism, and acknowledge misogynoir for what it is, and not only have conversations, but move the needle forward to action. Because there are too many freaking conversations that are happening. I'm seeing a lot of conversations. I'm not seeing a lot of action i think the last bit of action i've seen that actively addresses the discrimination black women um, face is the crown act where i think it was california maryland i think it was eight states as of last year that had, had enacted the crown act to make it so you cannot discriminate against black women for how we wear our hair or how our hair grows out of our head that was something that had to be passed a law that had to be passed because it's so normalized to discriminate against black women and their and their hair and it's quote unprofessional unquote but we're not going to talk about how Boris Johnson shows up that clown from across the ocean that's not unprofessional. his hair is unprofessional it's regarded as professional but the the way that hair grows out of our scalps is unprofessional Okay, so we're not, that was the last thing that I have seen. And really the only thing that addresses the racism that is shown towards black women. We're not going to be able though, until we can, uh, until we're ready to take serious action and have serious conversation. We're not going to be able to talk about misogynoir and debunk this preference bullshit. And it's just that it is bullshit. You don't have a you don't have a preference and I'm here to say that if you are listening to this and you're one of those people that's like I have a preference you don't have a preference you don't have a preference you have an extreme hatred of black women that started to form and was normalized the instance the instance you took in media the instant You sat down and watched any type of programming in this country that featured black women. You have been programmed by our society's beauty standards. You have been programmed to find a very narrow aesthetic desirable. That is social conditioning. That is programming at work. That is white supremacy at work. That is what it is like to be raised and brought up and socialized and exist in a society, a European westernized society where white supremacy informs every single institution, but you think you have a preference. And that's very cute. It's very cute. So here's the thing though, because I like to end on a high note and because I think that there is change and I think that we are able to move the needle forward. I genuinely believe When you know better, you do better. And now that you know better, you're gonna do better. You're gonna read the book that I recommended, and you're gonna decolonize your mind, and you're gonna decolonize your beauty standards. Because at your big age, you, at your big age, or anyone who finds themselves saying they have a preference, at your big age, ignorance is not cute, it ain't cute, and it's no excuse. So now that you know better, you do better. And again, go ahead and decolonize your mind. And I absolutely recommend Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina String. So give it a read. And if you want to talk about this, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney. And the next time you hear someone talk about preference, just send them this way. It, you're being a good person by trying to help them expand and grow their mind and deprogram it just a little bit all right all right so until next time well before that let me know what you think you can hit me up on instagram at the sasha Whitney and until next time peace out